Well, good morning. Uh, what a, a privilege, um, what a joy to, to be here with you. This is uh, our first time uh, here at Riverbend, and uh, uh, the Lord needed our hearts together uh, way back. And, uh, and I remember that at the time, um, I, um, I got um, to, to share um, uh, uh, the, the, the time with, uh, with Pastor Roy and Pastor Jerry. It, it, was, um, it, was, a, it was a sweet, sweet, sweet moment. I was, I was uh, sick at the time, um, and I was, I was going through some, some health issues, uh, but, but I really wanted to be there, and uh, uh, the Lord used that time to encourage me, so, so you as a church have been encouraging my soul for, for years now, and, and, and I, I, um, I feel really excited of coming here with my family uh, and very good friends. I just wanted to, to let you know that, that uh, our church is also praying for this time as, um, as uh, they're meeting now. We, um, um, we're, we've been praying for you, and uh, I know you've been praying for our time together as well, so let's, let's go uh, into the Word of God and see how the Word of God encourages our soul together. Um, we will go to the um, uh, letter of Jude, which I was trying to find um, out what um, uh, you, you have been uh, studying during the last um, months or, or even years, and, and I, I noticed that you had not gone to the letter of Jude, so I decided to go to Jude and, and be encouraged uh, and encourage you with a, um, a Jude as well. So let's pray. Father, we um, come to you uh, knowing that we are weak, uh, knowing that we, um, Lord, need you desperately to uh, encourage our souls this day. We um, uh, know the pressure the world brings, the pressure that our own flesh brings, the pressure that the enemy brings, Lord, and, and we, need, we need you to speak to our hearts today and be encouraged, walk out encouraged as we see uh, Christ in his sufficiency. Lord, being exposed in this morning. And in his name we pray, amen. So Pastor Jerry wanted me to share a little of um, what the Lord has uh, done in my life, how he saved me. I grew up um, uh, attending a, a Baptist church. When I was uh, little, my mom took us there to church. When I was eight, uh, I, I raised my hand, I prayed a prayer, walked the aisle, you know, uh, 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 talked the talk, you know, walked the walk. Um, and I grew up, you know, that way. So I was a, a very well-behaved uh, kid, always excellent grades. Uh, when I, when I um, uh, turned 12, I remember I, um, I got baptized because I wanted to be part of the band. Um, and uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was growing up thinking I was saved. Uh, when I turned 18, uh, my mom passed away. And um, she was the one that, you know, would take us always to church, and uh, at that same time, I was starting college. I met my wife, uh, um, and uh, she was Roman Catholic. She couldn't stand uh, 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 evangelicals. Uh, she said evangelicals were just a bunch of hypocrites uh, because they would be smiling. If they get cancer, they would smile. You know, uh, they would lose a loved one. They would be smiling, and that's not, that cannot be because happiness does not exist. That's, that, she grew up in a very um, a difficult home, and, um, and uh, for her, happiness, it, it was just a fake. It couldn't, it couldn't be true. Um, so uh, during, uh, during, those time, during that time that we um, uh, started getting to know each other, my mom had passed away, uh, I stopped going to church, uh, and then I started attending uh, Catholic church. 
Um, and um, as I got there, you know, the, the priest said, well, if you want to date this lady, you have to uh, uh, renounce your faith. So I'll give you a document. I read that document in front of uh, everybody, you know, at mass, where I was renouncing, renouncing my faith. Uh, then uh, um, I got baptized again um, uh, by the priest. And then we started dating. We got married. And, and as we got married, hell on earth broke loose. Our marriage was, was really bad, really, really bad. Our first and second year, uh, there were uh, um, uh, very sad years, uh, and uh, there was a lot of, lot of uh, mistreatment, a lot of insults, um, a lot of fights, um, and, uh, and the Lord was using all that just to show me my total depravity. And then uh, my wife got invited to a service, um, and she went. Uh, she, was, she, was, she was not trying to find any answer. She, was, she just went because somebody had invited her, and I remember her coming back. Uh, she was a totally different person, night and day, totally different person. Uh, and uh, from that day on, I started mocking her, uh, telling her, no, you just, you're, you're just lying. You're just, you're just faking it. You cannot be happy. Don't you see I'm torturing you? You cannot be happy. That is, that is pure hypocrisy. Those words were the same words she used before. And after months of, uh, of, of being persecuted in her own house, um, she came one day to me and she said, uh, here's your uh, breakfast ready, here's your lunch ready, I'm, I'm heading to church now, but I just wanted to tell you that uh, I don't know if you, you've seen what the Lord has done in me. The Lord has saved me, and now the Lord wants to save you. I, I, I thought to myself, who are you trying to preach to this Baptist boy? Um, but those words kept torturing me as she left uh, and went to, to, to her service, church service. Uh, the Lord wants to save me? And then it's like, it's like a, a whole a, 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 a film of my life, you know, came in front of me. You know, um, and I knew that moment. I knew I'm not saved. I'm not saved. So I decided to go to church to a different service. I didn't want her to know. And, uh, and as I got there, the preacher was, was, um, he was, he started exposing the verses I once learned at Sunday school. Those verses I, was, I once learned at Sunday school. Do you, do you know the importance of Sunday school to your kids? That's, that's important. I, and he was exp exposing those verses. And I, oh, this is what this verse means. And this is what this verse means. And this is what, this, it's amazing. Christ was formed right there in front of me. Boom, he saved me. I was not looking for him. He saved me. He saved me. First uh, Peter three. Just just for you, uh, maybe walk. This is not the sermon. <laughs> not even the introduction of the sermon. Uh, <laughs> but if you came out, uh, if you came here and you're discouraged uh, uh, because of a loved one that has not come to Christ, First uh, Peter three. Uh, you know, a wife, a wife, you know, won her husband. First Peter three. Without even saying a word, you know, but her testimony, you know, that led me to uh, go to uh, uh, be exposed to the word, and God did it all. So that was, um, that's how I got saved. Well, the Lord, that's how the Lord saved me. That's how the Lord saved my wife. Um, and uh, 20, 22 years uh, later, I'm preaching here at Riverbend. Uh, so let's go to Jude. Jude. Jude, chapter, um, there's just one chapter, chapter 1. Uh, we're going to go to verses uh, 1 and 2, and I'm hoping, I'm, I'm really praying that uh, there are sometimes that, that 
uh, churches would invite you just once. <laughs> I hope I can invite him back. <laughs> and I hope I can finish the letter of Jude. It's just 25 verses. 25 verses. Um, and and, and uh, uh, as we are uh, studying just verses 1 and 2, we'll see how to persevere to the end. Because uh, we're starting uh, 2024, and uh, as a uh, uh, year passes by, we see... Uh, people just walking away from the faith or, 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 or those that, that, that have been with us, you know, are, are no longer with us anymore. Um, then you see, you start hearing, you know, people come with these strange ideas about, you know, Christ and salvation. But, but they've been with us. You know, they went to the same Sunday school. You know, they heard the same sermons. And now it breaks your heart to see that they're walking away um, from the truth. Uh, so what will 2024 bring to you? Uh, health issues, uh, uh, financial problems, relational uh, problems. Uh, I don't know what 2024 is going to bring for you. Uh, the, the question is, will you persevere to the end? Well, you cannot unless you listen to what Jude has to say to you. Uh, it, it will bring us a clear understanding of what the gospel brings. That's, that's why we need to listen to this message today. It's one of the shortest letters in the New Testament, only 25 verses, and this letter is one of the most neglected letters as well. You see the tone of urgency here in this letter. Jude um, was about a right, about a common salvation, but his message, message was changed. You see in verse 4, it says, for certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So now Jude, he wants to protect the brethren of false teachers that had professed to believe in Jesus, but they were denying, they were distorting the truth with their wicked lifestyles. So believers, obviously were overwhelmed with this false teaching of imposters that had crept into the church. They were living immoral lives. Uh, they were uh, leading them astray. They were saying, let's, let's continue in sin so that grace may abound. These were people that had heard the truth but decided to walk away from the truth. And maybe somebody here could be there. Maybe it's you. Maybe you've thought about it. Walking astray. Now, the true believers, at the time of Jude, they were probably asking, how will we end up? Will we apostate as well? Will we abandon the faith? So the Lord encouraged the soul of his children with the words of assurance that we see in verses 1 and 2. And he let us know as well that no matter what happens around us, we are secure in him. So before, before contending for the gospel, as verses 3 and 4 would say, they needed to have a clear understanding of the truths of the gospel. They needed to have a clear understanding of their identity and a clear understanding of their security. That means who we are and what we have. These are the truths of the gospel. And this is how we're going to be encouraged this morning who we are, by who we are, and by what we have. A clear understanding of our identity and our security. Those are the truths that the Lord will uh, bring us, uh, bring to, us, to our hearts this morning so we can walk out encouraged. See, this set of truths 
that deal about our identity and our security. And it starts with this greeting. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Let's see the sender now. Let's start with the sender. Who is the sender? The sender, it says, Jude, a servant of Christ Jesus, or, or of Jesus Christ. Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ. Jude, uh, well, it's actually Judas. That's, that's the name. And nowadays, nowadays um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't name your son Judas. It's a name that has been blotted out, for, out of our list of names that we would pick for our children. But this was a common name. Judas was a common name uh, in, 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 the, in those times. Uh, who is this Jude? What do we know about this Jude? Well, uh, we see that this a very common name. Uh, we see it 43 times in the New Testament. At least, at least six men with that name that we see uh, in the New Testament. Even two of the uh, Jesus' disciples. Jude or Judas. Uh, this was not Judas Iscariot because he, he had killed himself. And this was not Jude the Apostle. He does not acknowledge himself. You see verse 17. He does not acknowledge himself as an apostle. He introduces himself as a slave, uh, a slave of Jesus. The word doulos there, a slave of Jesus. Not diakonos, not a servant, the slave of Jesus. And he introduces himself as well as uh, the brother of James. Well, so this is brother of James, uh, and this James he's referring to uh, probably was had to be very well known to the audience uh, so this was the half-brother of Jesus brother of James son of Joseph and Mary yes this is the one that's writing this letter brother of James half-brother of Jesus son of Joseph and Mary and remember that uh, his brothers, John 7, 5, did not believe in him as the Messiah uh, during his uh, ministry. It was after the resurrection, after his ascension, that they became believers. Um, so, so uh, brother of James, half-brother of Jesus, son of Joseph and Mary, he came to be a believer and he had some kind of ministry. Uh, he was involved in a ministry as a preacher. That's what we know of the sender. And you see his humility here. He says, the a slave of Jesus Christ. He could have said, this is the half-brother of Jesus. And that's why you have to listen to me. No, he didn't say that. He, 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 didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't want to give the wrong impression that he had authority, more authority because he was half-brother of Jesus. He humbly introduces himself as a slave of Jesus Christ. Now, who were the recipients? Oh, well, we could see that in the letters, normally at the beginning uh, of each letter, you would see uh, the, the senders, uh, like the believers at Rome or at Philippi or at Colossae. But here the recipients are not identified by their location. Did you, see, did you check that? Not by their location, nor by their name. This was not written to the church at Philippi or the church at Colossae, the church at Rome. This was not written to Timothy or, or, or Titus. The recipients are known by their description. Huh. 
And this is what it says. It says, to those who are called beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. So these are the recipients. And as you see these recipients by extension, since it mentions their description by extension, it is referring to you as well. Because this is the description of you today. If you are in Christ, if you're in Christ, it's talking about you. This is an, it's going to present objective truths about your identity if you are in Christ. So how will you persevere to the end? Well, knowing your identity, knowing who you are in a time where identity is at crisis, right? People, well, it's in Honduras. I know it's happening here. People don't know who they are, who they are. I'll show you who you are in Christ. It says, to those who are called. So you see now, this is a clear understanding. This is what Jude wants, what God wants for us today. They have a clear understanding of who we are. Number one, it says, to those who are called. To those who are called. These are the believers. He's addressing the believers as those who are called. That's the identity of a believer. That's your identity. You are the called one. If you're a believer, it's because you have been called. So let's rejoice in this sovereign calling, God's sovereign election. We have been called, called by grace through the preaching of the gospel. We have been called out by name. Yes, there's a general calling. Yes, there's a general calling that goes out forth to every person. But this calling is talking about a summons. This is not a calling you'll re reject. This is a divine summons of God's grace a call initiated by God that no one, no one, no one can resist. You couldn't resist. I couldn't resist it. That's beautiful. When we think about who we are, we are the called ones. That's who you are. Yes, you've heard your name. Before that summons, before that divine summons, before that divine calling, we were dead, dead in trespasses and sins. We didn't deserve to be called. There was nothing we could do. The only thing a dead man can do, somebody has said, is stink. That's what we did. We could do nothing apart from Christ. We didn't call ourselves. We couldn't change ourselves. He had to call us. He had to change us. He had to do all the work. That's what Ephesians 2, 1 says. Dead in trespasses and sins. That's verse 1. But when we get to verse 4, but God. But, I mean, I, th I think we should stop and sing. <laughs> but God. But God. Praise the Lord for the but gods that we see in the Bible. But God been rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He summoned us. Don't forget this. You didn't call yourself. We have been called. It's like a dog whistle, right? It's like a dog whistle. <laughs> Only dogs. But we're not dogs. We're sheep. And we have not heard a whistle. We heard the loving voice of our shepherd. That's what we heard. 
What a glorious day that was when we heard his voice. I was not looking for him. You were not looking for him. Do we remember that day? I do remember that day. Maybe for, for you, you can't remember a specific date. But you can't remember a season. Uh, so don't feel about it. bad about that. Don't feel bad, bad about not knowing what day specifically. It's like when you, um, when you go to, to another country. You, 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 go to, you go to Mexico. Or you go from Mexico to the U.S. The, you, you, can, you can either uh, walk down you know, the, the border... Uh, uh, you see the border here. Well, here's Mexico. Here's the U.S. You walk down. You go through customs. You know when you're walking. You're you're passing the border. You know when. But there are some others that fly. Right? They fly from from, from one city to the other city. They don't know when they crossed the border. Well, you got to have a visa. They don't know when when, when they when they cross the border, but they know they're in a different country once they get there because it's totally different. This is not where I was at. So maybe you do not know the day, but you do know that it's different. You know it's not the same. You know, no, 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 it's on me. It's on me. I am not, I saw my wife, she was not the same. Night and day. Night and day. Do you remember the time when he called you? What a glorious day that, that was. We know now that we are on the other side. Um, remember when, when Jesus called Zacchaeus? He called him by name. You, Zacchaeus. Get down. Remember Lazarus? He called Lazarus out by name. Do you, have you ever thought what would have happened if Jesus had not called Lazarus by name? If he had, only, if he had just only said, come out. Not saying Lazarus, come out. Everybody on their tombs would have come out. He called you by name. By name, he called you and you and you and you and you by name. Oh, this is beautiful. We're the called ones. Called ones. That's our identity. We came out of our tombs. But why did he call you? Oh, I, maybe somebody might think, well, it's, it's because he knew that I was so special. That he called me. Oh, of course. Of course he had to call me. You know what? Uh, nope. Uh, it's not that you were so special. Because we are not. It's because of his sovereign love. That's why he called us. So if we, if we follow verse 1. To those who are called. Beloved. In God. The Father. We could, we could translate it this way. Beloved by God the Father. This is the objective truth. You are loved. Wow. You are loved. Yes, we go, th- we pass through 
We've been through difficult times. 2023, 2022, 2021, 2020. Don't forget this. You're loved. God called you because he loved you. This is how he's explaining. Yes, you have been loved. And there is a general love of God for all his creatures. But there's a special love, a redemptive love for those he chose, for those he called. And we can rejoice on his love towards us. I don't know what you're going through. But we do not live our lives according to what we feel. We have to live our lives according to what we know. And this is what we know. Nothing will separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. That is what you know. Live not according to what you feel. Because you might come here thinking, well, I feel this way. I feel this way. It's not about what you feel. It's about what you know. You are loved. Hmm. Uh, let's just rejoice in, in that love of God that made him call, call us. Uh, uh, when, you, when you see the, the, the I, I love sports. Uh, and when you see sports, uh, I like to see the, the draft picks in sports. Um, my kids play baseball. My oldest son that's not here and, and my middle son, they both play baseball. They're good players. Uh, and my oldest son, Hernan, he has, he has played for the uh, baseball national team. Um, I, I guess they got their skills from mom because I, I, I do play some ball, but not, not very good. So when I was little, you know, and, and you, would have, you would have, you know, the, the captains, of the teams, you know, uh, pick, you know, pick the players. That was one of the last ones to be picked. That was one of the last ones. Hmm. And when you think about this, um, when, and when you think that the Lord has chosen you, he has chosen you because he has loved you. He has chosen you not because of your skills. Not because of your personality. There was nothing in us. He chose us because he decided to put his love on us. Yes. You. Called you. Wow. I'll make you my own. Hmm. For, it's for my pleasure. It's for my glory. And we're trophies of his grace. Ha. Not, not like the times when I was, oh, who's left? Who's left? Oh, you. Okay, you come. No. He loved us. He loved us. And that, that is why we can rejoice. He has loved you with everlasting love. First John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8, 35. 
who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 17, 23. I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Wow. Don't you want to sing? I want to sing. That's why we can sing how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. There's nothing in us. There is nothing in you. And we can know that we're safe. False teachers may come. People will walk away. But we'll be kept because of the love of the Father. Called, loved, and it says, and kept for Jesus Christ. I love this. Kept for Jesus Christ. This idea of kept. Is, this word kept has the idea of a watchful care. He's keeping you. He's keeping you. And when you, when you see this, this, this word, this tense, it's a past action with ongoing results here. So he called you because he loved you in the past and he loves you still in the present. He called you, he kept you in the past and he's keeping you still in the present. Keeping you till the day of redemption. Wow. So his love did not start 50 years ago, <laughs> his love started from eternity past. Wow. So he will preserve us. We are secure in his hands. John 10, 28 and 29, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. See how he keeps you. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. We're secure in his hands. That's your identity. Love. Called. Kept. Called. Kept. Love. That's your identity. That's who you are. We are kept for Jesus. And we are kept by Jesus Christ. And Paul reminds us of this in Philippians 1.6. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And because we are kept, because we are protected, we can persevere. That's why verse 21, keep yourselves. Yes, but we cannot do it unless he does it first in us. 
Thus, our identity, called, loved, kept. And this just highlights God's grace, not the worthiness of those who he was sending the letter to. So, you see um, uh, that the first way the Lord encourages our hearts so we can persevere to the end is giving us a clear understanding of our identity called, loved, kept. And as we go to the second triplet, because Jude loves triplets here. As we go to this second triplet, you will see how he talks about your security or what you have. This is what you have. This is who you are. And this is what you have. Very easy outline. Who you are and what you have. Um, something I, you know, when I, when I come here to the States or when I watch uh, cable TV, I, I love the, I love your TV commercials. I, <laughs> I really do. You know, you are, you, they're very creative. Some are very, very, very creative. Um, there's, there's one TV ad. Um, it's, it's a bank, um, uh, that, that they specialize on, on credit cards and loans. Uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh maybe you've, you've seen this, uh, TV commercial. It's, it's from a, a bank, Capital One, I think, Capital One. And they have a tagline, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's always, you know, there, there's, there's a punchline at the end. There's a, they have a tagline a, and the tagline, tagline says, Uh, so ask yourself, what's in your wallet? Very <laughs> like that. What's in your wallet? And then I'm trying to search for my wallet. No, nothing. I got nothing here. <laughs> But let, I, I want to let you know what's in your wallet today. Because this will help you persevere to the end. This is what you have in verse 2. Mercy peace, and love. You're rich. You have mercy, peace, and love. This is the security that we have in Christ. We already have this, and God, God even wants you to know that's going to be multiplied in your life. Multi you already have it. But you're going to have it multiplied in your life. It says, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. The readers would need God's mercy multiplied in their lives in order to fight against the intruders, against those who were held, held captive by these men. They would, they, 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 they would need mercy to remain faithful to the Lord, obeying him. Don't, don't you need mercy today? For you to persevere, I do need mercy. I need mercy every day. And guess what we find because of Christ? Hebrews 4.13. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who we never respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So let us have confidence to draw near to the throne of grace 
that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of our need. Aren't you in a time of need? I'm in a time of need. So when I go to, to God's throne, I know that what I'll find there is no longer wrath, but mercy. Mercy. You can come to him because of Christ to find mercy. Are you weary? Aren't you weary of, of this world and our sinful hearts and our sinful tendencies? I want to go and be with Jesus. I know that while that happens, I'll find mercy today. There's mercy for you today. You just come to him. There's mercy available for you. Abundant mercy at his throne. Come to him. All those of you that have sinned, you come to him. Find mercy. Yes, you have sinned, but remember his mercy is more. Huh. Don't you want to sing? I want to sing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. We preach the gospel to ourselves every day. That's what we do. This is what he has multiplied for us. Mercy. Not only mercy. It gets better and better and better. Because of his mercy, we find peace. Peace. Remember those who were infiltrating in the church, were creeping into the church. They were creating division. Just as you can read verse 19. That will bring about a, a, a grumbling everywhere. They needed peace multiplied in their hearts. We need peace in our hearts. Peace in, when we know that we have mercy. Because of its mercy, we can enjoy peace. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, by supplication... With thanksgiving, let your requests be made, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what you have. Mercy. You have peace. Even though the world is in chaos. You have peace in your heart. Multiplied mercy. Multiplied peace. Come to the Lord. You'll find there in him mercy and peace and love. This is what it says. Love. Mercy, peace, and love. Wow. This is what the Lord is granting us. Love by the Father. And because we're loved by the Father, we are secure in him. Called, loved, kept our identity. 
And Jude has already said that Christians are loved. So what he's probably saying here is that this love that we already have because of the Father is going to be multiplied so we can love others. So we can love others. That's what we have. That's what you have today. You're called, loved, kept. That is your identity. You have mercy, love, and peace. That's your security. That's what you have today. So we are safe from beginning. We're safe till the end. And we're safe right in the middle. Wow. So when fear comes, when temptation comes, just remember, he will hold you fast. When my fear when I fear my faith will fail, will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter should prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so, he will hold me fast. That's your identity. That's your security. You know, there, there was a husband uh, that decided to celebrate his 30th wedding anniversary, taking his wife on a cruise with the Caribbean. Uh, he spent a lot of money. It was a 10-day cruise you know, over those beautiful islands. Um, told his wife, honey, uh, I really wanted to give you this gift. It's 30th anniversary. We're going to go 10 days to the Caribbean. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't find cheap tickets, so I got the best tickets. Uh, but the only thing is that I, I couldn't afford the meals, um, I, I couldn't. I, could, I couldn't afford to buy the meals. It's it's just, a, it's just a, the trip. Uh, so I'm I'm sorry. We're gonna we're gonna this ten days. We're gonna be on bread and butter. If if that's if that's okay with you. So yeah, day one, psh, beautiful. Oh, the ocean, the islands, beautiful. Uh, what are we what are we gonna have for breakfast? Well, bread and butter. Uh, okay, no problem, honey. So, what are we gonna have for lunch? Well, bread and butter. Uh, okay, that's. What are we having for for dinner? Bread and butter. You know, and as they walk past, uh, and they pass by, you know, the the restaurants, they they saw people eating those. Oh, oh, they they wanted it, but they wanted to eat some of that, but they knew it was just bread and butter, bread and butter. Day one, bread and butter. Day two. Bread and butter, day three, I mean, they were enjoying, you know, the, the, they were.
called, <laughs> loved, kept, mercy, peace, and love. That's what you have. That's why we can persevere. And all of this is found in Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the greatness of Christ, that because of him, we can enjoy to take this relationship with you. Because of him, our identity is secure. Because of him, all that we need, we have. And we can sing today, hallelujah. All I have is Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is my life. Thank you for bringing this truth of the gospel to our hearts today. May we walk out encouraged, knowing who we are and what we have. And all this to the glory of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.